May the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I realize it's only been a few weeks since I was here last, but many things have happened in the meantime. But firstly, let me extend, let me thank you all for rearranging your time of worship today. It enabled us to have the overnight again at the retreat, which was a rewarding experience for all of us, and to know that we still have the opportunity to come back here to Holy Trinity and pick up the worship that we so associate with All Saints Tide. I realize that coming one o'clock in the day is not the most convenient time for many of you, and that you made the sacrifice is quite commendable, and I do appreciate it. I also want to say a deep, heartfelt thank you to Joan for leading us this morning at the very beginning of the worship uh, with the poignant, let us break bread together, because that's what we have come together to do. Jo- Joni, as I, I take the liberty of calling her, told me the last time I was here she would like to do this because this possibly could be my last time here this time uh, uh, as your bishop, and uh, we readily agreed, and uh, Joan, it was worth waiting for, and to God be the glory, great things he has done with all the gifts that he has given us and that we use so faithfully. I also uh, want to thank you for your prayers for all of us during the retreat. And for those of you who prayed during the, two weeks ago, during the GAFCON conference in Kenya, uh, while there, knowing that we, as the prayer book says, we were in the midst of so many and great dangers, uh, your prayers helped sustain us through what turned out to be a wonderful uh, week with no sense of fear throughout, but a sense that we were meeting in God's name and he was leading us to what he intends the direction for our communion to be. And had I more time, uh, and you had more time, I could tell you some of the things, but I'm sure Father Michael is going to elaborate on that during the year. But I came away from it, it's hard to believe it's only a week ago today, a week ago midnight tonight that I left there, to come back, uh, feeling uh, that this church that we worry about so much is in God's hands, and what he wants us to uh, take stands for him, that in the end, the very gates of hell won't prevail against it. And it's because of that that uh, uh, we realize, and the, the phrase that came over and over again at Gafcon, and this is all I will talk about it for now, um, the phrase that came out over and over again is, you are not alone. You are not alone. You may be up here in New England, you may be in uh, parts of Canada, you may be in areas where you've been kicked out of your church, where your uh, clergy have suffered with, with, with uh, um, loss of salary, loss of pension, loss of benefits that way, where you've lost friends with many people who were your fellow Episcopalians here. Although you've gone through this kind of suffering, you're not alone. There are Anglicans who will never come close to North America uh, standing with you. Uh, 
and offering their support as well as their prayers. Last Sunday morning, I was in a place just outside of Nairobi uh, to a parish there, uh, to a cathedral actually, in the Diocese of Mount Kenya South. And uh, just let me say that uh, when we arrived, the first service had gathered, the English service had gathered. 700 people gathered in the cathedral and they worshipped as only you can worship with an African rhythm and the beat behind you. And it was wonderful worship. And when that service ended, these 700 people went out the top door. And as they were going out, 700 more were waiting to come in through the back door and fill the seats again. And those of us at the altar party, we just uh, went out and wiped our brow uh, and uh, had a drink of water and uh, took a deep breath and went out for a service. This time, the service was in the Kikuyu language, and uh, it was, uh, if anything, even more glorious than the, than the first one, even though I couldn't understand a word of what was being said. I knew what was happening. And I thought of it now as we uh, read the epistle, with every nation and every tongue worshiping God in heaven, and uh, the, 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 the worship of every tongue in their tongue is a remarkable experience. I've been several places now where when the time came for the Lord's Prayer, it was announced, let us each say the Lord's Prayer in our own language. You just just, uh, stood there, spellbound, hearing this great cacophony of, 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 of sound. But you knew they were all saying the same thing, and they were praising our Father who art in heaven. He is our Father. And the least we can do is try to do the things he has told us to do. And when we find a church that is not doing what he told us to do, when we find a church that is doing the opposite of what he told us to do, then we have to be his saints and to stand up so valiantly for him. And I just use the word saint deliberately. I use the word saint because we are in all saints tied. We... Friday was All All Saints Day. And I think that's such an important day because it is our day in a way that all the other days are somewhat different. Let me explain. I'm getting confusing, I know. But the church has picked certain persons as its champions, people who in their own age stood up and gave their lives or did some wonderful teaching. And the church has given them the title of saint. So we say Saint Matthew, Saint Mark, Saint Luke, Saint John, Saint Polycarp. All of these people, that special title. And the church has given them a special day in the calendar. And those of you uh, who go up to French Hill for the, for, for the daily mass uh, will know that almost every day there's a special saint. These are people that the church says it's worth looking at what they did. They were only human beings, but... What they did was exemplary. It was something which helped the church so tremendously in their age. And we should try to see what that was, because if they could do it as human beings, surely we can do it as human beings as well. Then the church, in its wisdom, realized that apart from all of those people that they've set aside with a special title, there are countless thousands upon thousands 
as, as, as the Revelation says, 10,000 times 10,000. All of these great people, which no one can number over the years, who too did their best to stand up for the church. People who were never recognized, no one sometimes knew they even existed, and yet they made their stand for Jesus Christ. They took Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. They walked side by side throughout life, hand in hand with him. And because of their sacrifice at that time, the Church of Almighty God is stronger today because of that witness. And it didn't stop with any of them. It continues with you and with me. We are called upon today to make our stand from the teenagers here, those who are not even teenagers, up to uh, the adults and the seniors and those of us who feel sometimes when we're climbing the steps or even beyond the senior stage. Uh, uh, all of us have been given the opportunity to witness in one way or another. And today the church says to all of us, thank you for what we're doing. Thank you that we are making our contribution just as they did 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 year years ago, and so on. As each generation made its witness, so we too have to leave a witness for those who follow. <coughs> and sad it will be if when church history is recorded, it doesn't take long these days for things to become history and recorded. When church history is recorded, that it shows the earlier part of the 21st century as a time of decay within the church. Wouldn't be the first time, mind you. Time when people forgot what the word of God was, didn't listen to it anymore. If it didn't also record that there were countless saints who stood up against this erosion that was creeping in. Countless saints who were stepping up against the, uh, the, the tendency to dilute or to leave out something which culture says is not nice. <coughs> culture is saying one thing. The church is saying another. And the church has always been running contrary to culture. The big difference is that in many, many ages, uh, the culture uh, listened and changed to what the church, because of what the church said. Today, sadly, is the other way around. With many of our established churches, instead of the culture listening to them, they are listening to the culture. And they are saying, how can we change our teaching? How can we modify our teaching? How can we sugarcoat our teaching so that culture will like us? And instead of respecting us for what we're doing, and they shouldn't respect us, they are amused by us. And we become less and less a, a, a creditable voice crying out in the wilderness. And so on this All Saints Tide, I'm thanking you. Thanking you most sincerely, and I mean this, that you have been prepared to have yourselves numbered among those saints who keep proclaiming the truth, 
regardless of the adversary. There's a character in Greek mythology, a woman whose name is Cassandra. And you may recall, those of you who've done any Greek mythology, that Cassandra had to bear a terrible burden because she always prophesied the truth. Whatever, whatever she predicted, it was always true. Well, when you say, why, why is that a burden? Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? When you come to think of it, there was another side to it. She would always tell the truth, and no one would ever believe her. Constantly. Now, it's a mythological character. But we know the frustration of what that, that's like when we're proclaiming something that's true, and people are laughing at us and saying, grow up. People are laughing at us and saying, look, you're living in the 21st century now. That stuff that these guys up there at Holy Trinity are teaching, that may have been okay. It may have been okay 100, 200 years ago, but now we're in the computer age. We're into in, in, interspace age. We're a different world, and we want a different teaching. But that world will never be satisfied with the teaching because it is false teaching being given them. And until they get the truth, they are not going to feel this longing for something inside of them to be satisfied. When you think today of what people spend trying to make themselves happy, going off to spas and going off to resorts and going off on cruises and trying this kind of medicine and that kind of cream and that kind of ointment, this kind of booze and that kind of drugs, all those things out there, they're trying them all and saying, let's try this, perhaps we can get happy, perhaps we can feel contented. Sadly, at the end, with their money gone, their lives ruined in many ways, their dignity gone, they realize they still haven't found it. You found it. You found what they're looking for. You found Jesus Christ. And from him, it all comes forth free. You don't have to spend anything. You just have to put your hand in his. Yet, there is a bit of a price tag to it. You received it freely. The master says, give it freely. Give it freely to someone else as well. So while there are many themes I could have used for All Saints Day to talk about, Letting, or, uh, I, I only want to have one thing from my traditional uh, uh, All Saints sermon to finish up with, and that is my favorite definition of a saint. And I believe every one of you, I'm sure every one of you, uh, will agree with it, or you wouldn't be here. A saint, a saint is a sinner who keeps on trying to be better. That's what we are. Every one of us are sinners redeemed by grace. If it wasn't for our redemption, we'd never get anywhere. But we are redeemed, and we keep trying. You know, each year when we come to All Saints Day, each one of us should be a bit more saintlier. Oh, I don't mean, you know, this kind of saintlier going around. I mean ordinary people living ordinary lives, but doing it the way Jesus Christ would have done. To him be the glory, and to you be the thanks that you have heard his call and you are responding as his saints. Holy ones, select ones, with Jesus as your leader.
leading you out into an often hostile generation, but one who will surprisingly respond to your message of love and peace, providing you live the way you talk. And that's the challenge to us all. May God bless you as you go forward in All Saints Tide uh, to the events that lie ahead and pray that next All Saints Tide you will be rejoicing and the news of our accomplishments will be even better. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.